Hey, everyone, and welcome to the very first edition of the Let's Do Influencing show. So this is really a continuation. I mean, we've been running the Conversations with Passion show for the better part of five years now. And so we finally made the decision to reformat the show. We wanted to focus more on influencers, more on the topic of influencing, and just take a really different approach to the show. We've also taken a, a different format in terms of uh, the approach of the schedule. So uh, the plan now is to have Mondays dedicated to a topic that uh, I'll tackle, Uh, so more of a monologue, if you will. Uh, Wednesdays are going to be the guest interview shows, and then Friday, I'm going to be answering your questions. So that's the format going forward. Again, this is the Let's Do Influencing show. It's really a continuation of the Conversations with Passion show, but with a brand new format, a brand new uh, approach, a brand new feel, and uh, and a brand new, as I mentioned, schedule as well. So I hope you've been enjoying the Conversations with Passion show. Again, I said better part of, but it's actually over five years. December was the five-year anniversary. Uh, so this isn't a brand new show. Uh, um, and and at the same time, like I say, this uh, Let's Do Influencing has been in the works for a while, and it's certainly a continuation rather than a replacement for. So I can't wait to start rolling things out. This very episode, I'm really excited, the very first inaugural episode, we have Gavin Zuklinski. Um, he is actually going to... Uh, tell you all about his scheduling program and software that, um, and I say software, it's actually, I I guess you would say more of a a platform, Uh, but his scheduling uh, platform, if you will, or, or system product, you know, whatever word you want to put on it, but uh, Gavin's going to tell you all about it and why it could be a game changer for you. I don't know about you, but I use scheduling uh, software all the time. Um, I actually use um, the uh, website Calendly is what I have been using, and before that I used, what was it called, I think uh, Scheduler or Schedule Once, I believe, and uh, and I used another one before that. So uh, this has been something I've been using for a while. And uh, so this is really crucial and important to us, uh, our ability to automate our schedules so we don't have to go back and forth via email every time and say, well, what time works for you? Oh, does this time work for, oh, well, this time work for you? Oh, well, this works for me. Uh, It's amazing when somebody can go in and sort of just schedule on their own. Uh, Plus, not only that, it's making it about your customer or the person that you're serving. So I'm really excited about this episode to introduce uh, a brand new one to you. I'm not going to I'm not gonna tell you anything. I want, I, this, I want this to be a teaser, so you listen to the episode to hear uh, which one Gavin launched. And again, I believe it's a game-changing one. I'm looking to make the switch myself. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this episode with Gavin. Hope you enjoy this interview. And at the same time, uh, I want to also give you a gift. Since you've been, uh, you know, if you've been a subscriber all along, or if you've been somebody that's reviewed this podcast on iTunes, I want to reward you. Even if you're brand new and you're about to do that, either way, I want to reward you one way or another. Uh, So for now, uh, feel free to go to letsdoinfluencing.com. Now I say for now, this is going to be the website going forward, but right now if you go to the website as of the day this is airing, what you'll find is a uh, the page is set up to give you a free copy of our Enlightened book. So one of my previous books, it's called Enlightened, it was years in the making, and you can grab it for free. It's a digital copy, but it's 100% free. If you go there right now, again, let's do influencing.com. So don't wait, go grab your co- copy right now. 
At the same time, and this is the housekeeping show, so I'm telling you more than I would in a normal intro, uh, but at the same time, I mentioned that I'm going to be tackling topics each Monday, so feel free to send in a topic you'd like me to address in relation to influencing or something related. Uh, also, questions that you might have, send them along as well, and we'd certainly love to... Uh, Pose your question, you know, if it's a question that makes it makes the cut, and uh, and I'll answer the question and give you a shout-out as well. Uh, so if you want to do either of those things, best way to do it is when you go to letsdoinfluencing.com, the email address is right at the bottom of the page. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy the new format, and I'm super stoked to bring you this new show. Uh, again, it's going to be, you're going to find some similarities between the previous show, but you're also going to find some brand new changes and differences, and I hope you really dig it. And uh, as always, uh, stay tuned to the end of the show. Uh, what we're going to do going forward, though, is I'm going to actually share some takeaways from the ap- actual show, and takeaways I hope you can start applying right away. So make sure to listen right till the end and check that out. Uh, in the interim, thank you so much, whether you're listening in your car, on on, you know, on your walks each day, you're listening at the gym, however you listen to podcasts or radio shows or uh, episodes of shows, thank you so much for giving us a purpose and thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm Corey Poirier, your host, and here is the brand new episode, as promised. Gavin Zuklinski, I'm really excited to bring you on to the show today, and I think a, a good starting point would be to get you to tell us perhaps a little bit about your background and your backstory for our listeners who may be discovering you for the very first time. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. Uh, Yeah, so I am a tech guy by nature and acuity scheduling has been a uh, a side project, passion project turned to be full time. It was, uh, it's an online scheduling tool to help small businesses offer and manage appointments online so you can spend less time on all that rigmarole that goes around with figuring out the right time and getting your clients to actually show up and accepting payments and all that so you can focus more on what you actually enjoy. And it was inspired by my mom. She's a massage therapist and going uh, with her in the car ride one day along uh, Route 80, a long, long, boring car ride. We were chatting about it and I got to see her take a couple calls and, and try to wrangle things with clients and it was just a big mess. So I knew that there had to be a better way. So I, I created that for her around 2007. And during that time, I had another job with the government that I really, really loved and tried to keep that going as long as I could, uh, even as Acuity was growing from just my mom to uh, tens of thousands of other people. And as it grew, eventually around 2013, I had to make the choice between the day job that I loved and uh, taking Acuity full-time. And I guess you guys know exactly which one I chose here. Uh, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a fun journey with all of that. Wow. So, you know, this is, I mean, this is something sort of near and dear to my heart because as you sort of alluded to, it's really a challenge to keep all the, for lack of better, lack of better way of saying it, all the balls in the air these days, it seems. And, you know, we're, we're stretched thinner than we ever have been before. And so I guess, you know, my, my first sort of question in that direction, Gavin, would be, what I guess early on when you first launched, what was sort of the response to it by people after they had a chance to take a peek at it? Meaning, did they, you know, did they say, "Wow, I've been waiting for this forever," or, uh, you know, or it's just good to have a solution? Or what? You know, what was that early response? <laughs> well, it was a little bit mixed. Uh, so. 
to be honest, when I, I created Acuity, it was really rough. It was one of those things where you have something else during the day. It's not something that comes with funding, so completely boot, bootstrapped, written by me. So I was really trying to get it out there and get something um, usable. So the product itself was kind of ugly, um, pretty crude. But the essence of it, having clients to be able to book and manage their own appointments did resonate with people. So although they might have found it just a little bit difficult to get started and, and not that pretty, um, I, I was the one person helping everybody. So since it was just me, created by me, I was the support team, the development team, and everything in between too. So the great part was being with support, I was able to talk directly to people and the, the premise of it really, really resonated with them, especially with the price point too, being something really affordable that, that they could automate their business. So that part gave me a lot of motivation going forward. Um, and also talking directly with people gave me a real sense for all the really like rough edges that needed to be smoothed out. Um, so I'm really fortunate in, in that respect. So it wasn't that great at the beginning, but it was the start of a conversation with the customers and that conversation uh, with them, all of the feedback that we got directly led to really refining it and making it to something powerful like it is today. And so in terms of, I guess, you know, on the scheduling side, Gavin, I mean, you know, I, I always try to maybe steer clear of, um, you know, questions about competition or people in the same <laughs> sphere, but obviously in the scheduling world, there are different solutions, let's say, I'll use it that way. Mm -hmm. um, what, what sort of separated you or set you apart that allowed it to grow so quickly? Yeah, there are a lot of different ones out there. And back when I started this um, around 2007, there were fewer, but there were still a couple. And when I was looking around, because originally it would be much better to just use something out there instead of building something new, um, since I had a particular person in mind, uh, what was out there back then, just uh, it was very uh, crude. It was um, not very easy to use. It was... Uh, um, a little bit challenging and it was really overpriced too. So I wanted to create something that would uh, work well for small businesses. Um, and by that, I mean, just something that you could get started with easily um, that was still really affordable, um, but also something really powerful. So the space has grown since then and there's tons more out there, um, but it, it's sort of uh, in a mixed different area. Some of them are just really like glorified contact forms that give you a calendar to pick a time and do some basic connecting with your calendar. Um, and then some of them are whole suites to do payroll and everything in between. Um, and Acuity sits in the middle in there. I, I believe that businesses should be able to customize things and brand it to actually look like your brand. Um, it's a pet peeve of mine when I try to book an appointment and I see the brand of the scheduler everywhere and you don't get to like get a feel for the business. They can't change the colors. They can't um, add their personal flair onto it. They can't change the wording and everything. So I really do value customizing things. And also because I want it for small businesses to be as hands-off as possible, we put a lot of effort into being able to just model your availability properly. Like beyond just putting in your hours and syncing with your calendar, be able to say things like, um, I wanna allow my acupuncture appointments to overlap and I've got these two rooms, but when I have a new client visit, I can't overlap with that. And like, I, oh yeah, I rent out one of the rooms to like a massage therapist on Tuesdays. So when she's using that, I can't, and all this crazy stuff um, because that's a lot for you to think about. But if you can put it into something like Acuity, all of a sudden people can just book themselves and everything can be really done in a really hands-off automated 
interactive fashion, which lends to being able to integrate with a lot of different tools and have, um, especially for folks whose day-to-day -day revolves around appointments, it can be your sort of central hub where everything goes, but then also be really hands-off at the same time. So being able to customize it, being able to um, look like your brand, uh, model everything so that you can make it as hands-off as possible and you can do all the things like collecting forms and payment and all of that, um, just that scheduling can truly be as hands-off as possible. And then also, uh, I guess something that I noticed too when I was taking a peek is that, uh, you know, I guess you have a lot of integration as well. So, you know, I was noticing like integration with, say, you know, Zoom, for instance, or, uh, you know, on the email side, like Constant Contact and Aweber. And so is that another aspect of it? I know you mentioned, obviously, integration with, uh, you know, merchant accounts where you can take payments. Uh, but it sounds like another aspect of it is to allow it to sort of flow through your entire, let's say, business process or system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So going off of that, uh, once you're to the point when like your availability and people can book themselves in a really hands-off way where you can set up all of those crazy rules, whatever it is, and then just let people take care of appointments themselves. Once it gets to that point, um, since you don't have to do approvals and all of that, things you, you can trust things are being taken care of. Integrating with other tools like, yeah, like GoToMeeting and Zoom are some of my favorites. Yeah. Um, with uh, say ConvertKit and MailChimp and uh, QuickBooks or, or Xero or any of those tools um, sets you up for some like really interesting use cases. So uh, like one of my favorite ones that I've seen is like, there was a sales team, I think of about 10 people that I was looking at their setup and helping them with some unrelated things, but they had it beautifully done where they had, uh, they had different salespeople with different um, areas of specialties in their product um, and they had uh, lead forms on there so you could send a lead to the scheduling page and they had all of this set up where each person had their own availability set up. It was hooked up, connected to their Office 365 calendar, doing automatic syncing, people at different hours um, but uh, and they had different specialties so certain types of leads would be routed to different people and then they had it set up with Zoom um, so when somebody booked it would go into there and all of this complexity was sort of eliminated from the client's view. So all a client saw was uh, they were given a link to schedule, they picked a date and a time, filled in some basic information about themselves and their business, um, got reminders beforehand and had a quick easy link to click to a Zoom appointment. But behind the scenes when they went there, they were uh, given a direct link to a certain lead. It was, uh, it had everybody's availability pooled, um, figured out who was available and then automatically scheduled the Zoom meeting behind the scenes, included that into the reminders and the confirmations and everything else. Uh, and when I chatted with them about it, it saved like 15 minutes per appointment just of all that rigmarole that goes into being able to set things up so yeah it's a really beautiful thing when you can see that connect in with all of the other tools and all of those other things that you might have done manually like just create the zoom meeting add them to your mailing list like create an invoice in zero can all be taken care of automatically so you can do hands-off um, really focus on what you're best at which is hopefully talking with your clients I love that. And, you know, as we've kind of alluded to, people are, are seemingly uh, not only busier than ever before, but always adding to the busy. It seems like <laughs> the more we can do in five minutes, the more we find ways to add more to the five minutes rather than maybe, you know, maybe slowing it down a bit. Um, so it seems like, like you said, one of the big things with this is that it might even help a person's sanity 
<laughs> sense that we're trying to juggle so much these days and and I, I like to think that we're we're doing okay with it but I've also said we should try to make single tasking the new sexy a little more and so I think we we also struggle with what it does to us emotionally to be constantly juggling these things some people thrive on chaos but I would say the majority of people don't so it sounds like another aspect of this uh, Gavin is that it allows people to get a little more peace of mind yeah, and things that take up your time, like scheduling a meeting in Zoom, aren't making your business any better either. So those are the great things to automate away so you can focus on the things that actually differentiate you. Um, yeah, and uh, besides all of that too, it's just a lot more convenient for your clients. Um, we did a, a study tour looking at all of our data and everything else, when appointments were scheduled versus when they were scheduled for in the business's hours, and about 35% of appointments were actually scheduled during times when the business was closed. And um, considering that a lot of folks don't have a receptionist or anybody else, even during business hours, a lot of times you're, you're with another client too. So people were able to not only save all of that time going into that involved with just scheduling an appointment in the back and forth um, but by letting clients take care of it themselves they're able to do it at their own convenience and when you have clients who are able to do things at their own convenience in a much easier way you hopefully have a little bit happier people as well too so since so many of those things were being booked when um, you normally wouldn't be able to take care of them and so Gavin you know one of the things uh, I'm sure you're okay with it because I know it's on the website us talking on the pricing side but one of the things that uh, that I noticed is is I mean the pricing is I'll I'll just say it you know plain and simple it's it's way uh, more affordable than a person would think based on everything they're hearing <laughs> that you can help them do and and as you just said you know the, the investment versus the return mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned that organization and everything they had going on with the ten staff and you know the amount of costs that you would save them. In, you know, in a matter of even just probably, you mentioned, I think, saving 15 minutes or something for mm -hmm. each person, uh, the amount of cost you would save them versus the investment would be, I'm going to say, pretty dramatic. And yet the investment is really affordable and monthly. So I said, and you mentioned about it, looking for a solution that was affordable. Does that, was that a big component of it? And was that a big piece of it? Oh man, it definitely was, but it was also rooted in my uh, naivety at the time where Acuity, when it first started out, had one plan at $10 a month because my hosting was $9 per month. Um, so I wanted something that was affordable. And I've had the fortune of being able to grow it slowly over the years, um, just being bootstrapped and not really have the pressures of, uh, of venture capital or anything else. So I haven't had a strong reason to increase pricing like there's no reason so we've been we've been profitable since day one and and thanks to that and thanks to the the very nice growth and especially with me being a, a, a technical guy where I apparently don't value my time uh, as much as I could um, I've been able to keep things really affordable as we've grown too so I, I think part of it is just the growth way that we've done has enabled me to be able to keep things affordable without being pressured to to grow revenues or anything else um, so, and yeah, and I do value that too. I always want to make it so that um, small businesses, folks like my mom can always afford it and see like a pretty distinct return right away as well. So in terms of, 
you know, you talked about that growth and, and being fortunate in the way that you built the organization or the company. What about, um, I guess, you know, something, somebody, our, our listeners would be both sides, right? They'll be uh, somebody who's wanting to get their life a little more organized, wanting to get their company more organized, their staff's lives more organized. The flip side is they're obviously always looking to grow their business as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess, Gavin, can you share with us, you know, if you're kind of going back sort of in the memory banks in terms of those early years, when it started to really take off and mm-hmm. even when you had to make that decision, can you share with us what was, where, how did the growth come and where did that drive from? Like, was it, you know, things like social media? Was it people telling other people? Like if you were to track that, where would you say a lot of the growth came from? Yeah. And I think part of the reason that the, the growth succeeded with this is that I was more focused on building a great product than I was on marketing or anything else. So most of my time was, was really about building and supporting people. So uh, because of that, the biggest driver of growth was word of mouth. And then second to that um, was SEO. Uh, early on, I spent a lot of time just refining all the keywords and everything else that we would rank highly in Google. And that was really successful, especially back then. And that has paid dividends over time. Um, and word of mouth too, because people would email in with a question and get an answer back from the guy who created it. Um, so even as we've grown now, I've tried to keep that essence in there and have everybody in support really well trained and have easy ways. All of our developers still um, answer support emails as well, just that we can keep that really like uh, personal, like highly knowledgeable touch um, uh, with support. Um, so definitely the big drivers. And then the other thing when we, uh, when I started trying to, you know, actually actively market it. So it went a couple years where it was just sort of this passive, uh, get it on Google. People would randomly stumble upon it and tell a couple of other folks when I tried to more actively promote it. Um, I had, I tried a whole bunch of different things. And then the one thing that actually stuck was just talking to, um, small bloggers and podcasters and trying to tell them like, Hey, it looks like you were checking out this other tool. You mentioned a little something on this blog about um, something similar like MailChimp or, or a competitor. Like maybe you want to check out us and mention us. And they would, they would really latch on to that. I've had a lot more success with that than trying to contact any, any like larger press or anything else too, because it had a nice focused audience um, with people who would actually care about what we were doing. Yeah, I can totally appreciate that because, I mean, most of the, well, listeners to our show, but I mean, I, I visit a lot of shows as well. And, and certainly it seems like a lot of the visitors to most podcasts are those entrepreneurs that are wanting to find ways to be more efficient, to sort of knock it out of the park. You know, they're, they're sitting there scratching their head, the stuff's keeping them up at night and they're saying, how do I fix this? So I can totally see where a solution like this would appeal to those listeners maybe even more so than let's say a casual listener of even a popular show who maybe doesn't have those same headaches every night. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still kind of funny that uh, although you said that you know that there are a lot more schedulers out there and this space has really changed over time, there's still a lot of folks back then and even now who might know about it, but not really think like, oh yeah, actually I do spend a lot of time on appointments. I do spend a lot of time going back and forth. Um, Sometimes it takes a little bit of uh, internal recognition to see that all of this stuff that you're going back and forth with clients on could actually be automated away with something like acuity scheduling or something similar to that. So Gavin, here's, I guess, what you mentioned there being other options out there. This is probably an important question for somebody listening who may be using one of those other services. 
And, you know, they could be sitting there going, wow, I like the sound of this more than what I'm using right now. How do I switch? Um, a big question to them is probably, let's say they've been using another solution for a while. They may have a lot in their schedule. Is this something that they can import what they have now to your solution or how does that work? Yeah, so we get folks switching to Acuity from other online schedulers, which is honestly the easiest way to go. And then the other way, skips switching from like a totally offline way, like a paper appointment book to Acuity, which takes a bit more work. If you're switching from, um, say, just an online calendar like Google and looking to amp it up, that's really easy. You can connect your Google, Office 365, Exchange, iCloud, whatever it is, into Acuity so that will automatically deconflict things and add appointments to your your calendars to make the transition a little bit more seamless. If you are using another scheduler too, um, we can help transition over with that too. So we can, you can export all of your appointments from the one and then import it into Acuity so you have your full client history uh, with everything in the past and everything going forward as well too. Um, and then the final is switching from that, uh, that paper online appointment book. If you're one of those types of folks, uh, Whew, good, good luck, but you're going to have to get online in some way, maybe just Google Calendar or something else. Uh, we can't import a paper appointment book, um, no matter how hard we want to try. So definitely, like you're mentioning, switching from other services is one that we have a lot more experience with and one that is, is pretty simple to do. And so now in terms of, you know, you mentioned sort of that, uh, I guess the paper, let's say if they're with the paper option right now, um, they can certainly, it sounds like, probably entered in manually to your system, but really there's no difference. You mean it's not costing them more to enter it into your system than to somebody else's because no matter what way, they're going to have to bring it online. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And it's one of those things, too, that you might have that initial upfront cost of um, just starting to put in your upcoming appointments and or just starting to ask people to schedule online uh, to transition them over. But in the long run, you're going to have so much time saving fewer no shows by automating all the reminders and actually have people just be able to book themselves and uh, uh, take care of rescheduling and canceling on their own too. So if they're bugging you less, so it will save you time overall. There's just that initial hit when you're trying to set things up. So Gavin, just before we start winding our way down with uh, something I used to call the rapid fire round, and I don't even know where that came from because the questions aren't rapid fire and your answers don't have to be either. So it, it never made any sense, but I kept running with it <laughs> despite that. <laughs> um, but before we go there, uh, my last question on the, on the scheduling side, on using it is how about usability? Because you mentioned so many different um, options to make it easier for people. And there's, you know, there's a lot of, um, like say integration, there's a lot, let's say that you can do with your solution. So I guess the, the big question is, what's it like for usability? Let's say for somebody you mentioned that could be with a paper system now and hasn't used a scheduler before. Obviously if they're used to using an online scheduler, the transition might be a little easier. But what's it like in terms of usability? Have you heard feedback from people that were going completely from manual to your system? Yeah, so going from a paper calendar to Acuity is just a totally different uh, beast on its own. But we do focus a lot on usability. So we've got a team here that does interviews and everything else. And we've really just continually improved that over the year because it's the balance of trying to be able to give as much power as possible to do all of those advanced things so you can really just put your schedule on autopilot, um, but still making it easy enough that you can take care of all of that without needing an expert holding your hand um, through it also. 
I think that we've really nailed that balance of it now by creating something that's just beautiful, easy to use, but also still extremely, extremely powerful. And there are a ton of different ways to set things up. Um, and we're here too, if there are ever any questions. I'm really, I'm really proud of our support team. Everybody is extremely well-trained uh, and we work every day of the weekend holidays to try to get back to people. So if you do ever have any questions, run into any stumbling blocks, or you're just curious if something can be done, our support is fantastic at helping work through any of those naughty issues. Awesome. Love it. So, Gavin, I, I promised that uh, I was going to go through our quote-unquote rapid-fire round. Uh, it's just three questions that we typically like to ask each guest. Usually, I'll, I'll sort of uh, kind of customize it to the, the world that they're in. So, we'll try that today as well. And then, uh, and the last unofficial question will be after that will be, how can we learn more? Because I know when people are hearing all this, of course, they can Google the name, but I always think it's nice to, to tell them how they can find more details. But just before we go there, Gavin, uh, first question is about success. And so the question I want to ask you is how you define success. And so usually, like I said, I like to tailor it around what you're working in each day or your company. So I guess we'll ask this question. How do you, you know, how do you define success? You can take both answers if you want, personally, and then uh, perhaps when it comes to scheduling, like with, with a client, like how would you normally define success in relation to their scheduling needs? Yeah, so personally, it's just happiness. I had a job that I loved to work on Acuity full-time, so for me to be successful at Acuity in my job and as the business, um, I need to be happy. All of my employees need to be happy, and then hopefully that spills over into our customers being happy too and actually enjoying it. So we're not looking for crazy growth or anything else. We are looking for personal happiness too. And that is sort of what I look for in success with helping people, you know, get up and running with scheduling is that in the end you should be happier um, but really it's also about being focused you should be a lot more focused on your business than you are on wrangling a scheduler anymore and that hopefully comes from saving a bit of time uh, and being able to automate a lot of those things that you might have done manually before so you can really focus on what you're best at. And so this question, uh, I decided that I'm just going to ask you uh, it generally, not necessarily related to scheduling. So Gavin, I'd love to get your thoughts on this whole idea of passion, you know, whether you term it purpose, passion, your why, whatever term you want to put on that. Uh, I find that uh, a lot of people have different connotations to that word passion because it's, it's certainly overused these days. But at the same time, um, I'd love to get your thoughts on, do you think it's important for us to sort of find that why or that thing that drives us in relation to our life and business if we want to be successful? Ooh, that's a, that's a tricky question. I, I, I sort of go two ways on this. There's the things that I'm just innately passionate about that as soon as I like found out about the topic, I was really excited about it. Things like uh, computer security and a lot of the technical issues. And then there are things that have been like a stewing passion over time, which I'll be honest, um, scheduling was one. When I first started it, I was more interested in the technical aspects and building a product than I was in the things like the logistics that go around scheduling. But uh, over time, 
uh, it's something that has developed into more of a passion once I get into it and I see all of these like complexities that go along with uh, how people operate their business and and how they schedule appointments and all of the things that go into there and making sure that people actually show up and how it aligns with business goals that it it turned into something that that started out just interested in the technical aspects uh, into actually having a passion for the day-to-day -day. and I think finding that passion for the day-to-day -day, uh, even uh, at at sort of both points in the evolution of Acuity has really driven me to keep going on. And I think that having the passion for the product uh, and for the business and everything else uh, has been one of those sustaining parts that has kept everything going for over 10 years now. So then my last official question, Gavin, is if you were able to sit across uh, from, and, and you can pick the age, let's say 16 years old, but you can pick the age if you want in your head, but if you were able to sit across, let's say from a 16 year old Gavin and give him one or two pieces of life advice based on what you've learned in the years since, what do you think you might tell him? <laughs> oh man, um, I think 16 year old Gavin did a pretty good job. He, uh, he learned a lot of technical skills that, that set present day Gavin up for success. But I think probably the one thing that I've gotten better with over time was being uh, not so focused on work and not so focused on, uh, on you know, all of the, you know, achievement and everything else, but actually just being happy in the day-to-day. -day. And like I define the success of the business, the success of me personally in being happy, um, that has taken a, a, a bit to recognize. So I think, uh, say, 16-year-old Gavin could be happier if he spent a little bit less time on uh, uh, learning all of those technical things and more time on figuring out what makes him truly happy. Wow, I love that. So, uh, Gavin, you know, the last question, which I, I mentioned is the unofficial one, but for somebody listening to this that says, hey, uh, you know, I heard a lot that I liked. I, I'm using a scheduler now, but I'm not as happy with it as I could be, or I don't have a scheduler. I think I probably should get one. Whatever, you know, situation they're sitting in right now, where would you direct them to either learn more about and connect with you or learn more about the, the product itself? Yeah, I'll set up a link uh, just for this, which will have a few of the notes that we talked about and then also my contact information and a special offer for Acuity Scheduling. So go to acuityscheduling.com slash passion. That's A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling.com slash passion. And uh, I'll put my contact information on there and a bit more info about uh, some of the studies that we, we mentioned during this chat as well. Awesome stuff. Well, Gavin Zuklinski, this has been an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much for joining us today, for sharing your wisdom and insight, uh, teaching us about a solution that could actually, for some people, transform or change their lives. And just for, uh, for joining us today and helping to make some magic happen. And we'll call it a to be continued because I think your journey is going to keep going. So I think there's probably a need to bring you back on in the future again. Uh, but once again, thank you, Gavin, for helping us make some magic today. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me on here. Well, there you have it. The very first edition of the Let's Do Influencing show. I hope you enjoyed the insight that Gavin delivered. And uh, I wanted to share a couple of takeaways before I let you run onto your day where you're going to hopefully influence in a massive way, whether it's one person or multiple people. And so the takeaways for me, one of the first ones was the fact that what Gavin did 
to create this this software uh, to create Acuity was he actually looked at uh, something that he felt he was missing. He he looked and said, "This is something I need, and this is something that I, I wish I had." So I'm going to be creative, and I'm going to be innovative, and I'm going to build something that I wish I had. And so, first of all, if you want to be an influencer, it pays to be an innovative influencer. So think about something, a way that you could be more in, innovative. Think about something that you wish you had that you didn't. And I think if you can find a way to deliver that, and it doesn't have to be a product, you know, it could be just something that you wish somebody did for you to help influencing you. Uh, maybe you can find a way to influence others in that way. So just, again, just sit down and write down with a pen and a paper or your, your laptop or your phone, what is a way that I could be innovative and I could provide something for somebody else that I wish I had. Second takeaway for me is simply if you want to uh, if you want to work with influencers if you want to create if you want to increase your own influence if you want to um, be able to double up your influence you need to actually reach out to other influencers and get on their radar and so in this case uh, I'm going to suggest that you reach out to Gavin get on his radar maybe go check out his um, Twitter feed or you go check him out on Facebook or what have you and you share. You share something that he posted and get on his radar. Reach out to him and say, enjoyed your interview on whether it's our show or you heard Gavin on a different show, but say you enjoyed your, your, I enjoyed your interview, Gavin, and reach out to him that way. Get on his radar. Make contact. I mean, I'd highly recommend that listen to every episode of this show, uh, see who we're interviewing, and reach out to them. Think about it. Uh, 52 episodes of influencers being interviewed in the coming next coming 12 months. And if you were to reach out to every one of those influencers, get on their radar and make contact and see if you guys can influence together, you and that person. Think about the change that you could have. Think about the, the impact that you could have. Think about what could transform in your life in just a year if you were able to get on the radar of 52 top-level influencers. So I hope you'll uh, you know take me up on one of those two takeaways. Let me know how it worked out. Again, go to letsdoinfluencing.com, grab your free book there, and then also at the bottom, send me an email. Uh, let me know your questions you want me to address on upcoming episodes of the show. Let me know a topic you want me to address. Or again, tell me about your experience applying one of the things that I just shared as a takeaway or something Gavin said on the show. Thank you, everybody. This is Corey Poirier. This has been Let's Do Influencing, and I hope you enjoyed this very first episode. I hope you've been digging it, and I can't wait to connect with you going forward. Reach out and let me know how you're doing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.